It's quarter number two on the Keystone Kickoff Show. Brought to you by the Keystone Sports Network. Get the best Penn State sports news and analysis at KeystoneSportsNetwork.com or download the Keystone Sports app from your smartphone. Welcome back to the Keystone Kickoff Show. It is quarter number two. I'm Jim Galante along with Dustin Hawkinsmith. Dustin, do you know it's Father's Day coming up this coming weekend? I, I do know that it's also it's also my anniversary. So I think uh, I think Father's Day, just like my entire life, Jim, might go on the back burner. But I always laugh because you know if somebody asks you, like, "Hey, what do you want for Father's Day?" The thing that you feel in your heart, and I don't care who you are, is to is your response is going to be, "I'd like to just for the day act like I'm not a father." That would, but you can't say that out loud. And and don't let's get the record straight. I'm not saying that out loud. I'm just saying some gentlemen, myself, maybe included, maybe maybe excluded, feel that way. Some gentlemen feel that way. More a hypothetical there. And by the way, you just ruined my segue here. Sorry. But <laughs> for Father's Day, would not the greatest Father's Day gift in the world be? A trip to see your favorite team, your Nittany Lions, travel down to play Auburn on a charter flight, stay at the team hotel, transportation to and from the game. If you want to make this Father's Day really special, you can give that gift to the father in your life. All you need to do is go to athletictravel.com or call 800-788-4414. Our buddies at Collegiate Athletic Travel will take care of you. And what better part of that Father's Day gift than to say, when you travel to that Penn State-Auburn game, you're going to travel with Jim and Dusty Dust and the Funky Bunch. That's right. We'll be there with you. All right, Dustin. Now, did you understand now, next time we go through something like this, allow me that segue? Yeah, I'll, I'll just not share with you, Jim, all right? Let, let's just, if, it's a tricky thing to establish those ground rules, but I'll keep my mouth shut if that makes you happy. All right, well, I don't want that, Dustin. By the way, happy anniversary to you and Liz. How many Thank happy you. years? This will be number 12, number 12. Oh, oh happy, happy years. Happy years. Number three, Jim. It'll be happy year number three. No, I'm just kidding. All right. Come on. That's enough, Dusty. Let's move on. I set you up. I loved you that softball. Let's move on. Uh, James Franklin, he met with the media. Besides uh, whining about name, image, and likeness, he also talked about various players. And let's get a couple of those quotes, Dusty. And let's see. I've got to find it. Uh, James uh, Franklin had something to say about Chop Robinson and the expectations for him. Let's take a listen, and then you could comment. Very high expectations, obviously. He played as a true freshman uh, in this conference already, so so that helps. Um, Obviously, there's still a lot of work to do uh, to transition to a full-time defensive end. Um, as well as learning the system and the playbook and all those types of things. But uh, his attitude's been great. You know, yesterday he put out, you know, best decision I've ever made in my life. So obviously he's adjusting well. Um, I love the kid. I've been super impressed with him. We did his official visit this weekend, although we had already committed because it just 
timing wise didn't make sense for us or his family and that went really well I was able to spend more time with his mom his dad and his, his brothers uh, so that was good as well but we have really high expectations but just like anything else he'll get what he earns Okay, Dusty, first of all, he will forever and ever now be Chop Robinson. That's the name I'm going to use for him because I love it. What do you think? Are we going to see Chop Robinson this first year make a difference? I'd be surprised if we didn't. I mean, put it put it that way. You think about you know the defensive end group, there's potential there, but I think everybody comes with a question mark. You know, Adisa Isaac, his health. Nick Tarburton, how much more ceiling does he have? Can he stay healthy for a second year in a row after he went through, what, three years of, of struggles in that department? Um, so, I, you know, Chop Robinson can really cycle in there and be a good player. Um, as Franklin alluded to earlier in his quote there, um, he played more of a hybrid role at Maryland where he's going to focus exclusively on playing uh, at defensive end. And, you know, at 6'4", 260, he, he's got more than enough physical skill to do that. Um, we'll hear from John Scott Jr. a little bit later on exactly what those physical skills are. So he'll, he'll have a little bit of a transition to make, and he'll have to uh, get up to speed on the defense. It might not be week one where we see the best version of him, but I think as the season goes on, we should expect to see more and more of that. And, uh, you know, he could, right there with Adisa Isaac, just in terms of pure pass rush skills, be maybe the second best pure pass rusher on this roster. And, you know, even if you're even if you only understand a fraction of the playbook or whatever, if you can do that, it's just hard to believe you'll stay off the field, especially at a position where Penn State needs bodies like this. Let's continue, Dustin, talking about the defensive line. Uh, this is a question I wanted answered. When can we expect to see P.J. Mustafer? Yeah, we expect him, you know, ready by game one. Um, you know, I think it's a little bit different with a veteran player. Um, I think sometimes with younger players that haven't played a whole lot, you're kind of anxious, almost rushing them, you know, to get back as soon as you possibly can. But with a player as experienced as he is, um, you know, and, and PJ's a hard-charging guy, we actually have to do the opposite and pull him back. Dustin? We knew he had a serious leg injury. To have him back for the first game, that's big. It is, and uh, I think when James Franklin calls somebody a hard-charging guy, you can see the connection. You know, I'm, I'm sure he and PJ get along great because they're both hard-charging guys. They both need to be pulled off like like rabid chihuahuas on a stranger's leg. Um, but uh, I think, you know, my question is, you know, as we go, you know, for him to be – uh, on crutches and, and to be rehabbing and trying to recover, you know, you're looking at football shape and conditioning early in the season when you have presumably hot temperatures for the first few weeks and, uh, and trying to get back up to speed. There's just some gray area there, you know, game, game one. I don't think Franklin would have said that timeline if that weren't looking really, really good. You know, if, if he's going to be non-committal, if there's any question whatsoever, so the trajectory must look really, really good for him to be back game one. My question is: Is that ten snaps? Is that twenty snaps? Is that a full workload? How much conditioning and how and how quickly can he be in football shape? Considering you know you're talking about a 330-pound guy with a serious leg injury, um, so that'll be my question: Is how much will we see PJ Mustaver in, in the early going? Will it be a process to get him to a place where he's playing a majority of 
snaps. So how much are they going to rely on on him early? It would surprise me if he's pretty close to midseason form by week one. I, I think you might see him in, in a reduced role until he gets all the way up to speed. And that could be the case. However, just the fact that three months ahead of that game, James Franklin saying he'll be ready for that game, that's a good sign. I think if he were still limping, still having issues, he'd be a lot more conservative. So I do think now we are talking about from this day forward, it's about getting him in game shape. I I wouldn't be surprised if we see him in a good number of snaps in that first game. Okay, Dusty, another question came up about Hunter Norzad, the transfer uh, from Cornell Ivy League, but that transferred into a conversation about competition at the guard spot. Let's listen to what James Franklin had to say about that. Um, but been very impressive. I think we got really good competition at the guard position. I think we got five guys that legitimately will be competing for those two starting jobs uh, with Golden and Landon and Sal and Hunter and somebody I'm missing. How many was that? JB. Thank you, sir. Appreciate you. And JB. Um, and JB we're really excited about as well. Um, so that's a really that's a really good group. I think it's going to create a lot of competition. Uh, and then obviously one of those guys, you know, besides Nick Dawkins as well, also being able to train at center too. So so hopefully we have a legitimate 3D. Dustin, we have all kinds of concerns about the offensive line. James Franklin does seem to be pretty high on his uh, depth at guard. We'll see. I mean, he, he's one of the least credible people on the planet to be speaking flowery about his offensive line. It is it is quite a, quite a change in tone from the beginning of the spring uh, when you didn't have Norzad on campus, when you didn't have Sal Wormley really working with the team. Um, so, you know, I, I, I think there's some potential there. But again, I mean, all those guys that, that he mentioned are some degree of a question mark. Landon Tangwall started making that transition to guard from tackle for the Outback Bowl. He's obviously a talented guy. I, I really like his chances to be a really, really good guard right away. Sal Wormley was apparently in line to start last year. He's been mentioned uh, as a real contender there. Hunter Norzad, 20 straight starts at right tackle at Cornell. Seems to have the size and the temperament to be a good player. Uh, J.B. Nelson, uh, who James Franklin forgot briefly. Let's not read too much into that. Um, coming over from Lackawanna. You know, we haven't seen Lackawanna guys really hit the ground running at the offensive line spot. So, you know, I, th- I think the competition is good for everybody. And I think I mentioned this before Hunter Norzad, if all, if all he were to do is to raise the bar on this competition, he'll, he'll be worth the scholarship. But I think I, if I had to guess right now, I would say um, my guess would be Landon Tangwall and Hunter Norzad are your starting guards, but uh, I'm not really basing that off much. And I understand when you say they haven't gotten that great offensive lineman from uh, Lackawanna, but remember, not every safety coming from Lackawanna is going to be Jaquan Brisker either. So you got to judge each one individually. Let me sneak in one more. Uh, James Franklin on Abdul Carter, who just arrived. Obviously, he looks great. He's super mature. Um, you know, we're excited about working with him. And that's kind of where we're trying to figure out where, where will he be. I think with uh, the competition that we feel pretty good about, Kobe and Elston at Mike Linebacker, I think is creating some flexibility with him. Do we either leave him at Mike 
or do we put him uh, at the boundary backer uh, and and see if he can if we can factor in there? That that's where we kind of got to figure out. Obviously, it's hard to play Mike linebacker as a true freshman. It's a lot on that guy's plate to being the quarterback of the defense. So we'll balance those things out. But physically, I think long term he's got a he's got a future there. He's a big physical guy. You think middle linebacker for him. Just a question of will he learn it soon? How soon will he learn the position? I look at him for one of those outside spots. 6'4", 235. James Franklin says he's mature and it's a position of need. So that combination seems to bode well to watch Abdul Carter this summer. Uh, exactly. And I keep saying it over and over again. Watch out for those Philly guys who have just come in as freshmen. Someone is going to pop up among that group their first year on campus. I'm not sure which one, but it'll be somebody. That is it for quarter number two. Quarter three and four, we're going to hear from some of uh, the members of James Franklin's coaching staff. Stay tuned. This is Jen from Collegiate Athletic Travel. We've been offering travel to the biggest Penn State games for over 50 years. This fall, we continue that tradition in partnership with Keystone Sports Network with a trip to the Penn State Auburn game. Join us for charter flight, staying at the team hotel, transportation to and from the game, and even a great tailgate party at the stadium are included. For more information, go to athletictravel.com or call 1-800-788-4414. See you there. In his book, Why Penn State, author Greg Woodman takes readers on a trip back in time to Happy Valley in the 1980s, a unique era of gridiron success and rapid expansion that gave our university its modern identity. Whether you're traveling down memory lane or discovering old states past for the first time, this compilation of rare photos, original essays, and exclusive interviews helps you explore the why behind We Are. Start your journey today. Order online at whypennstate.com.